Welcome to Hey Julie, a podcast about Big Brother and other stuff. My name is Brett. Danny is not with me today. You will hear from her soon. I promise. All those Danny stands out there. All the people who gut it through whenever I'm talking, but really savor when Danny talks. I completely understand, first of all. I'd like to apologize. Danny is off the grid. She did record. We're doing like a double solo pod. It's going to be mainly me just going off the dome off of what's going on the last couple of days. Danny is off the grid. She did record a five minute voice memo from a gas station in rural northeastern America. Uh, we're going to be playing that in a little bit. Um, so, hi, well, welcome. What, what's going on? How are you? We got a lot of good questions coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up a bunch of questions later on. So, last time we spoke, what was that? Monday. Uh, we knew who would won the veto and stuff, but we still had an episode. I don't really have anything to say about the Wednesday episode. The Root, Enzo and Cody, The Root. That's weird. Um, Kaser delivering his stumps. Kaser is going to, you know, he's going to hop on with Kamala and and Joe, and they're just going to stump it for the rest of the year. That's going to be great. I'm all for it. That's kind of crazy. Nobody knows that Kamala Harris is the uh, vice presidential nominee. They're all going to come out. It's going to be like October 15th, and it's going to be like, oh, shit, the election's in like two weeks. I better make up my mind. I better consider all of the issues. That will be enough. That will be enough for political talk today on the podcast. Um, Franzel wants Kaser and Janelle out. What else? What else is new? Kevin, let's talk about Kevin and Keisha, right? Keisha gets evicted on uh, on Thursday night. And uh, if you watch the feed, she wasn't doing a great job campaigning. You know who also wasn't doing a great job campaigning? Kevin kind of walking around on the verge of tears with his puppy dog look being sad. Like, you know, he, he obviously did well in his first season. Uh, maybe not used to being in the pressure cooker of being nominated the first damn week of big brother. I'm going around crying, asking for hugs. It's just, I don't know. Honestly, it was a boring week. Like everyone kind of sucked this week. And, you know, uh, yeah, the last thing I'll say about this Wednesday night episode was there's like a brief moment where they, the Big Brother producers are trying to make it seem that Enzo was going to use the power of veto. It's like he, he's talking to Cody and he's like, I might, I might use it and we might put up, put up Ian right now. Dramatic music comes in, cuts a commercial. Oh no, got to see commercial for this Amazon show with Bear Grylls. I want to talk about that, by the way. Let's talk about that later. What's going to happen? Is Enzo going to... Of course, he's not going to use the power of veto. Come on. Come on. All right. Thursday night. As I'm taping this, it's uh, the afternoon of Friday the 14th. Uh, feeds right now are kind of at puppy puppy cam, kitten cam. Um, right now, I believe they're probably doing the safety suite uh, business. I don't know what the results are of that. Don't know what the results are of whatever uh, Memphis's nominations are. So let's, let's, let me just open up. It's Thursday night. We haven't seen Julie in a week. We cut to her dress and boy, oh boy, let me just talk about the color scheme here. Danny in a minute, will give you a much better representation of, as she always does, of the fabrics of how they're lying, laying, Lying on 
Julie Chen Moonves's body. I don't know. All I saw was it was yellow. It had like some orange chunks on it. It had some like red chunks on it. It looked like someone blue chunks. It looked like vomit. That was a not for me, a hard not. What was going on with this season? What's going on in 2020? OMG, let's move on to 2021. All right, so we're going to get into a little bit of spoilers here with what's going on, but we're going to drop in some some Danny talk right now, and we'll pick it up in a minute. Hey, Julie. So I'm in the car on my way to a lake house where I will not have access to my BB Live feeds, to Twitter or anything. I'm talking a no-bar area. I'm going to be completely off the grid, but I couldn't let that stop me from giving some thoughts on this first week of Big Brother All-Stars. So first up, I just need to share my thoughts on Julie's outfit. As you guys saw, it was a flowy, chiffony, multicolored, rainbow-hued gown um, cut at mid-calf. It had a shockingly dark black ribbon on the shoulder. Some said that perhaps that was her homage to Keisha being voted out first. This dress was loose. I'm going to say it was ill-fitting. And while I loved her hair, it looked like she was using a bump it. I have to give this dress a knot. This was a flop of a choice for the first live eviction of the season. If she was having a memoriam for Keisha's gameplay, she should have just gone full funeral and worn all black. I'm just going to say it. Uh, it was a very, very boring week this week. I was very disappointed in the feeds, but... As I say this, it's Friday morning. Last night, feeds turned up a little bit. Um, so by the way, this is a spoiler zone. So if you don't know what's going on, stop listening. Uh, Keisha went. So, so sorry, but also good. Let's keep it moving. Here's how I hope goes next. Nicole. Nicole A is boring. She's boring. She doesn't have an amusing enough presence for me. Even though I like her, I think she's a good person. She's got to go. Memphis 1HOH. Hopefully he's going to stick with his plan by putting up Ian or David or Nicole A. I would be very happy with any of them going. I mean, a little less so Ian, but no big loss for me. Uh, he's also trying to scare people into playing safety suite, which I think is hilarious. And he um, called out David in, I guess, a mean way. None of us saw it, but he said he made David a have-not. And Tyler was saying that he did it in a savage way. So I'm very excited to see what that means. Because, listen, I'm just ready for people to start playing. Enough of this. No one's talking to me. No one's playing yet. Um, I haven't heard anything bullshit. If people are going to gang up on Janelle, let's see it. Start making alliances. Start calling her out. If Janelle wants to start stepping up and being the all-star we know she is, let's see her go head-to-head with Christmas. Start dragging Nicole Franzel. Do it, girl. Like, it started. The seeds have been planted. Shout out to Danny. Uh, she's playing the best, in my opinion, so far. She's still playing the best. She's making, she's just always, when I watch the feeds, she's yucking it up with everyone. She seems to be good with everyone. So props to her. Not that much else exciting happened um, in the episodes, I don't think. I will give a special, like Brett and I always say, 
when someone talks about someone else in the show, they love to do a cut with like a funny sound effect and that person looking horrible. I did notice anytime they did it, someone was talking about Janelle, it would do a sound effect and she looked great. You can't find a like unflattering angle of Janelle. I'm sorry. It's not possible. Anyway, I just had to give a little bit of a dispatch. That's what I'm hoping happens. I'm going to be without feeds and it's going to be painful because I think they're finally going to start turning up. I think Memphis is going to have a raging case of HOHitis. Thank God. So we're going to see some real amusing gameplay finally. And if it's bad, let it be bad, but at least let people make moves. I'm tired of this shit. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy Brett's solo pod. I'm sure it's been amazing or is amazing. And we will be back. Bye, Julie. I would like to say that we are in agreement here. Like, Danny and I came to very different conclusions. No, we came to the same conclusion, but we came via different paths, right? Both of us grade Julie's dress last night. A, not. Danielle had a much more educated design approach you know she's been to the school of design she's she's she knows how to design dresses and she knows how to describe fabrics i don't know that oh i know what's in my gut right i know how to look at a dress and be like that sucks that looks like barf gross anyways moving on past that monstrosity of a dress uh, so let's talk about Thursday night. We have a great line from Christmas. <laughs> I think she's talking to Janelle. She's like, I haven't talked game with anybody. Girl, it's because you don't stop talking about yourself. Girl, all she does is talk about the app. All she does is talk about her son, Loyal. I I wouldn't be surprised. She's right. Not many people were talking game last week, but there would have been an opportunity for her to talk game if she didn't talk about the time a man named Whistlenut broke her leg so much. Moving on, the commission, speaking of barf, barf! Cody and Memphis and Christmas and Tyler and Franzel, barf. So this is actually, uh, I want to address one question right now because Bailey and we have this clip here. We have this segment here where Bailey is talking about BB20. She's talking with Tyler. They're trying to do a little water under the bridge action, right? They're trying to be like, hey, we we didn't get along, but maybe like that uh, perception among other people should should lead us to be in a relate to to you know to team up together, have a little down low down low man's thing together. So. Mini Cthulhu, shout out to Lovecraft Country on HBO. No free ads, but you got one free free ad HBO. Ch- Mini Cthulhu asks, and I, and I want to bring this up in relation to the Bailey uh, Tyler segment. He asks, or she, or they ask, do you think there's a single substitution you would make in this cast this season that would have made it more interesting from day one? Yes, I do. Um. Keisha's gone. Keisha kind of didn't really do much. Um, Kevin, I really like, but I'm I'm like kind of just getting frustrated walking him, watching him walk around and like be sad and mopey. David, let's be real. 
Should David have received a second chance at Big Brother? Yes. Should David have received his second chance this year on an all-star season? I'm going to say no. So he's who I'd swap out. And I'm going to bring this back to, to, the, to Chithulu's question. Mini Chithulu, not large Chithulu. Large Chithulu does not subscribe to this podcast. He subscribes to, you know, Robert has a podcast. Drops in some questions there. So what the hell am I talking about? Who do I want to see? I'll, I'll My David rant, whatever. So David, I feel really bad about David because now that we're a week in, if you're on the, the BB Twitters, if you're on the BB Reddits, if you're on the BB somethings, we're beginning to see some alliance charts, right? And, you know, you see Connect Four, which is this kind of interesting alliance with Enzo, Cody, and Bailey, and, and Davon. We have uh, the commission, or whatever the fuck it's called. We have the million dollar power, whatever the hell uh, Franzel and Ian is called. Um, David is, like, literally all alone in all of these charts. It's like everyone has all these permutations. Tyler has a permutation with literally everybody in the house. And, the date, like, one of them just has David by himself. And it's super weird, right, because in – sometimes this happens in Big Brother, right, where someone is just, like, so desperately alone in this game. And it usually is an old or it usually is a weirdo. It usually is like a, in Donnie Thompson's case, it's kind of a little bit of both. Bit of a strange guy, oldest guy in the class, in the cast. Um, you, we usually see it with with whoever the old, like if it's like an older guy, like, you know, even though Cliff Hogg, you know, was good socially, you know, he gets up at 6 a.m. to talk to his wife. We saw Steve Moses like literally crying for his mommy because he was so bored and lonely and didn't really have anyone to talk to. So it's weird in this season that the loner is a hot guy. Like when he was, when David was on la last year and uh, you, and even this year, you look at the cat, the cast and you're like, this is a, this is a hot guy. He's going to hang out with the hot guy group, right? Like there's always a hot guy group. There's always a bro group. David's going to be in that. And that's what I was hopeful for him this year. It's like, instead of being the outcast of the hot guy group last year for reasons that we shan't get into, like, oh, maybe he'll maybe he'll get in with Cody and Tyler and he'll be like in the hot guy group this year. And he's like alone. He's got these he wears these like nerdy glasses that like he clearly only wears around like, you know, at the end of the day or something like that. Or it, like they're not they're not great looking glasses for for a young strapping man as himself. And just weird. I, I just feel bad for David. And I just don't think he was he was really meant for this season. And I wouldn't be surprised by the time you're listening to this if he's nominated. Bringing it back to Mini Chithulu, who would I like to see replaced? You know who I want to see this season? Bringing it back to Bailey and Tyler. Bringing it back to a season I call BB20, which I did not really enjoy. My man Fessy. Fessy was a mess. Fessy shot, did not really understand the strategy of this, but he made bold moves anyways. We need chaos this season. We need a little bit more chaos this year. And Fessy would have brought that. Like he would, I don't know if he's still with Haley, but he, you know, he would have been, not that there's a lot of single people this year, but maybe he would be like, yo, Nicole Anthony, I love you. I want to be with you. I don't know. Fessy is like a big brute 
of a player. He wins competitions. He makes decisions that are questionable. Kind of miss Fessy this year. Like almost if we had a Fessy in the Josh Martinez spot, I mean, Josh plays the same sort of way as well. Talk about chaotic as well. Much more emotional. I guess they're pretty both both emotional as a player. But anyways, that's my answer, Mini Chithulu. That's my, the the Bailey Tyler talking about BB20 reminded me, man, he wasn't great, but I, I kind of miss Fessy. What a weirdo. What a big weirdo. Um, by the way, Nicole Anthony and, and Kevin talk about their unicorn. They're both unicorns and they wonder if there could be such thing as two unicorns. And let me tell you, whenever this damn virus is over, season two of The Unicorn will be streaming on CBS and CBS All Access. Just wanted to give a shout out to, to those people. All right. All right. So let's get into some, there's some campaigning. Keisha calls Tyler, Taylor, and Trevor. Cool. We got Connect Four, spoke about them. Keisha, it's, it's speech time. Keisha gave a speech in which the hammer, which the punchline, which the drop at the end that put everyone in their place was, I wish most of you the best of luck. That speech, hey, I know she's iconic for her season. I know she won America's favorite house guest. Keisha and her speech this year in the year 2020 were a flop. They were flops. Sorry, she didn't play hard. She didn't really try to like hang out with or talk to Cody at all. Probably rough when he's the, uh, you know, head of household. She she just kind of didn't have it this year. She seemed kind of, I mean, it is harder as someone who is rapidly approaching the 40s of my life, the halfway point of my life, maybe the the quarterway point of my life. Maybe I'll live to be 160 years old to the, um, you know, thanks to the, the medical prog- progress we make in the 2040s and 2050s. Who knows? Anyways. Keisha's in her 40s. We got some people in their 40s this year, and I'm I don't really have high hopes for many of them. Honestly, Memphis kind of is, is in the best position of them because as much as I love Janelle and Kaser, I I really don't think either of them will make it to jury. Um so Keisha was just a flop this year. She got flopped out 13 to nothing. Man, when they know it's a 13 to nothing vote, let's get let's make the vote go by quicker, right? We do the vote, it's three to nothing, and then we go to commercial and we and we trot it out even longer. And then between each it's like it's like eleven to nothing. And it's like Dan, Danny Donato's coming in and it's like Danny Donato is was a really was a really great player on her season. I wonder what she'll do now. Uh Memphis made it all the way to, to final two by being loyal. Will he be loyal to Keisha? No, of course not. Everyone's voting her out. It's unanimous. Baseball reference. All right, here we go. Baseball is a sport. No. So baseball, 
they did this thing a couple of years ago. There's an intentional walk. I'm sorry if this is going over the heads for you people who don't like sports, but this is a way I'm going to frame an analogy here. So there's an intentional walk. If you want to walk someone instead of striking them out or whatever, you say, you know, you want to send someone to first for strategic reasons, you could just throw the ball, you know, super far away from them four times. What baseball instituted a couple of years ago where it's like, if you want to do the intentional walk thing, just just say so. Just say so. And we'll save we'll save the pitcher the energy of having to throw the like throw the ball away from the batter four times. We'll save everyone the minute and a half of their lives. If you want to intentionally walk someone, just say so and we'll just send the guy up there. When a unanimous vote is the intentional walk of Big Brother. Like when we know it's it's going to be a 13 to nothing vote, like let's just not have this roll out for 14 straight minutes. Just my thoughts as an American. And I, I you know, I'm, you know, this is America. I'm allowed to say my thoughts out loud. Whew. Okay. Conspiracy time. Keisha leaves the house. But before she does, she's urged by Julie Chen Moonvez that she has to put on the mask when she leaves, which apparently is going to be the fucking, <laughs> apparently that's going to be, you know, the, you know, the status quo for this year. Every single interview that Julie does mask, mask, the finale night, you got jury, you got people walking out in confetti, all that joy, all that emotion. Someone wins America's favorite house guest. You're going to be watching 16 damn people with masks on and Julie Chen in her own private bubble. Julie Chen has COVID. Like, why? <laughs> why? Why does everyone got to put on a mask? These people don't have COVID. These people got tested the other day. Why do they got to wear a mask if Julie doesn't have COVID? This is going to be my rallying cry for the rest of the year. I hope you I hope you join me. All right, guys, you've all been waiting for this moment. We have wondered. We have wondered if we've... 2020 has been rough. We have wondered if we'd ever see our families again. We'd wonder if we'd see our coworkers again. We'd wonder if we'd even have, uh, have the ability to sit in a Chili's ever again. I love sitting in Chili's. And I don't want to sit in the parking lot of the Chili's. I want to eat at the Chili's. I wonder if I was going to see the actor we lovingly call UCB guy this year. And boy, oh boy, we we had to wait nary a week. And we got, I looked him up. I probably said his name before. Chris DeJoseph is the name of the actor. He played the alien. He played the grandma. He played all sorts of people who, who fuck around with the guests uh, on Big Brother. And boy, oh boy, was he back. Boy, oh boy, I, I hope he's back every year. Krista Joseph, BB, talk about a true BB all-star. Get Krista Joseph in here instead of damn David. Again, I think David should have had a second chance, probably not in this context because it puts him in a bit disadvantage. Um, Krista Joseph, BB, all-star Hall of Fame. Bobby Moynihan also should have played this season as well. SNL's not going. We need another SNL fucking Zoom special. Like I need another damn hole in my head. Christ. Let's go see where Alec Baldwin is. Spray some fucking spray tan on his face. Who cares? Gross. Grow up. 
Krista Joseph is here. He's playing Bobby. He's playing Diane or whoever. He's playing Uncle Vito. He's playing the grandma. Were these videos horrible? Yes, they were. And was I grinning ear to ear like the Joker? Yes, I was. You want to know how I got these scars? I was smiling and watching Big Brother, Krista Joseph on Big Brother. I kind of did a bit of a Krista Joseph deep dive yesterday. So Krista Joseph, uh, I don't know if he's UCB trained, but he has been a writer and uh, points head writer for WWE for a number of years. Apparently that ended not well. Apparently some things were said on a Zoom call that were not that were not kosher, that were not PC. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to say that. They were not HR. They were not appropriate for a business call. So much so that he lost his job. And you know what? He got sent a he got sent a grandma out, outfit and an Uncle Vito outfit and a <laughs> and an emo teen from the year two thousand three outfit. And he's living his best life on network television, baby. He's not on a USA network at 11 p.m. on a Wednesday night. He's on Big Brava. My boy, Krista Joseph, is back. And uh, I tweeted out from the Hey Julie account uh, before the HOH comp that like, because everyone's like, Janelle's going to win it. We all know Janelle's going to win it. It's going to be like an epic week. It's going to be the best. Like, of course she's not going to win it. Someone super boring is going to win it. Franzel's going to win it. And then when my man, Mr. White Bread Restaurant Guy, excuse me, excuse me, I'm a business owner here. I have an, a radical idea to disrupt the restaurant industry. It's called Let's Give the People... Let's serve food to what I forgot what he said. I deleted it, but he said in the opening in the premiere episode, we got to serve what the market wants in the restaurants. Mr. Market Memphis from the market market research. Memphis is our HOH. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, like the commission, because I mean, we saw this whole commission thing like the commission's going to be spoilers for BB 22. The commission's going to be the power alliance this year. Sorry, they're going to win. Someone from within that's probably going to win. Maybe not, but I'd give them a big shot. They're the biggest alliance that seems to actually be kind of swimming in the same direction. Um, I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. <laughs> My boys, Kaser and David, immediately get the first question wrong. Kaser is like not going to do well. These cases are going to put it out soon. Um. So Memphis wins, and let's kind of get into spoilers, like even though I told you about that like a half hour ago. Uh, so Memphis wins, and I'm texting with Danny this morning about it. And you know what? As much as I initially was like, oh, great, oh, some blonde guy who's going to vote out like someone interesting. We're going to nominate interesting people to go. I, I was bummed out about it. But you know what? This Memphis HOH is so far, granted, I, you know, we haven't even seen the nominations or anything, is is really veering into HOH-itis territory right now. Um, basically, on Thursday night, he told everyone he could just play in the safety comp. <laughs> just play in the safety comp. He's just telling everyone who he's like even thinking about nominating, play in the safety comp. We'll just see what happens. So 
I don't know if he's doing that to like have everyone play in the safety comp this week. So then he could play in it next week, relatively unopposed. Not a bad strategy. Uh, he's kind of just doing some weird chaos stuff. That's kind of freaking everybody out. He's an older guy. Like I, you know, when like, when like the, the 24 year old woman is HOH, like the HOH bedroom turns into a sleepover, like someone else is sleeping in there and like, you know, you know, or a couple might sleep in there or whatever. This is married old Memphis. He's got kids, man. He's in his forties. He probably has makes weird sounds and smells weird at times. Like no one's sleeping in there. I can imagine him like kind of being the guy who'd be like, I'm HOH. No one's allowed in the room. Didn't Sam do that? Robot Sam do that? And uh, I think that was BB20, right? Who knows? I can't remember anything anymore. Didn't yeah, Sam the Sam the the riveter was like, <laughs> she's like, ah, it's my HOH, and it's out of respect. No one's allowed to even look in the direction of that room, or else I'll mud stomp a hole in you. So. Uh, that's kind of what's going on. That's my, you know, we, we did a solid, hey man, I'm talking for a solid uh, almost half hour here. Something like that. So this is good. Let me, let's get to some questions. That was kind of my recap of everything that's been going on. I don't have anything else to say. Let me, let's answer some cues on the Hey Julie Q line. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, beep. All right. Old Z10, how excited were you to see your favorite actor make an appearance? Yeah, Krista Joseph, my boy. All right. E. Tullinator says, should they pump in crowd noise when a house guest walks out of the house? It was jarring to hear crickets for Keisha. Uh, yeah, you know what? They should. I mean, I don't know if y'all are watching sports, but we got baseball, we got hockey, we got basketball. They're doing some fake crowd noise. We got soccer or football. We got some fake crowd noise in those. Why, sh why shouldn't we do the same thing? It's kind of, I mean, it's even weird to see Julie too. Julie's sort of acting as if there's a audience there. Um, and maybe we, we need some applause for Julie as well. Cause, uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, at least us for the audience. It just kind of feels weird without it, but whatever. Let me expand this guy's name. It's Matt Steele says, uh, regarding our boy, Chris to Joseph, how much extra money do you think he got made to do the HOH video? Because he had, he had to play multiple roles and film it himself. You know what? I mean, I'm not an extra expert in uh, SAG AFTRA, uh, rules in the the union rules here in Los Angeles for performers, but I don't see I don't see why not. I mean, maybe he got paid a day rate though. Who knows? But yeah, filming it himself too. Like I wonder, like like if you're on a if you're on a film set or if you're on a even like a Broadway production or whatever, like the actors are literally not allowed to do anything in the context of like unless the camera is rolling, right? So if like if you have a prop, right? And in the scene, let's say it's a box of pizza. The, in the scene, the actor carries the box of pizza from point A to point B. The, I don't know if the actor is like really allowed to carry the box of pizza back to point A for like the reset to do it over again. Like that's what a prop master does. And there's like strict union rules about this for the actor's safety to ensure that the prop master has a job. What I'm trying to say is Matt Steele, I bet Krista Joseph got paid a million dollars. 
Moving on. <laughs> Mster Rock says, could you give a rundown of the strategy of watching feeds? I'm new to feeds this season and finding it overwhelming to just hop in. Well, let me tell you, Mster Rocks, there is no strategy. The strategy is live on the West Coast and try to stay up as late as possible. The strategy is move to Hawaii. Because the only time anything interesting happens on the damn feeds is like two in the morning Pacific time. So poor Danielle on the East Coast, like East, East Coast bias is gone. West Coast bias is gone. They kind of like, it's weird that they do this because you think they would try to, to, to get people to subscribe to the feeds more, to subscribe to CBS All Access. They might try to organize it. So like <laughs> the people are like at their craziest, at their most active at like, you know, maybe 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern or whatever, like some something that's a like relatively prime time. But it's weird. They don't they don't like really make the people go to sleep. Like they, don't, they don't actually turn off the lights in the bedrooms until like two or three in the morning. So people stay up till two or three in the morning because they can't fucking sleep. And then they sleep in until 10 or whatever. So it's just, it's weird. The strategy of watching the feeds is like, I don't know. I Here's the thing is don't worry about it. It's like the feeds are on all damn summer. Follow the right Twitter accounts. Like if something's going down on the feeds, like you want to hop on them. But also like the feeds are all on demand now too. This isn't like BB4 where you're using like the real player app and it's like what the feeds are, it's what they are. It's like if you think of if if there's like an epic fire, whatever that goes down, for the most part, this stuff is like sort of annotated on Twitter, on Reddit. And you can, you know, punch in the date. You can punch in August 12th at 5 p.m., bb time or whatever you can watch it um don't worry about it. i mean hey it's it's quarantine no one's going anywhere anyway so you have more time to watch the feeds than you uh you have more time to watch the feeds than you did before so you know i don't worry about it but you know be aware at all times it usually shit is more lit towards the towards um the evening times understand when things happen, right? So Fridays, Friday mornings are and afternoons are usually the safety. Right now, they're the safety suite comp and the nominations. On Saturday afternoons is usually the veto competition. For Monday mornings is usually the veto ceremony. So just kind of understand the context of when like certain things are happening, like the initial nomination discussions, right? When an HOH wins and who they think about nominate. All that stuff happens on Thursday night. Like it doesn't happen at you know any other time. So just get used to the the cadence of the week. And and I guess that's my answer to you, Emster Rocks. Emmanuel Elise says, Who's your favorite house guest and why is it Devon? Best on the feeds for sure. It is Devon, and it's because she's best on the feeds for sure. She's pretty good. Uh I really like Devon. She yeah, she's she's awesome. Um, who else do I like this year? Janelle. Um, I mean, I like Kaser like theoretically, but I kind of find him a little bit cringy to watch. Um, Ian's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that's it. Moving on. Halverson 21S says, how does Janelle always being, always end up being an underdog in every season? Cause she's hanging out with Kaser. <laughs> Because Kaser games super damn hard. He's always like, he never talks to people about anything other than game and stuff. And he's like, he, he plays like a very respectful, like 
when he talks game, he's like game forward in a really respectful way. Like he tries to appeal to people's logic, tries to appeal to where they're coming from. And I don't know. I just, I, I think this was in an episode a couple of days ago, but it's like people's perception of him when is that he's always gaming and you can't have that. And like, I think that's going to be to his detriment. And, but here's the thing. It's like, People have that perception of him because he always is. And I don't know. I just think he gives off a like a, just a playing too hard vibe that I just can't really see working for him long term. As it hasn't worked for him long term in two previous seasons. DG Cho, why did Keisha not play the game harder? I don't know. I just think she was kind of out of her element there. I mean, from stuff that's been said on the, the feeds and, went from, and from what people have, been put, uh, have put together... In the preseason, it seems like she was one of the last people to be called in on this. So you've had Franzel, who, if some people were to believe, orchestrated this season of Big Brother. Um, but you have these people who have probably known for some time that they were doing this season. And then you have Keisha, who might have only found out about this three or four weeks ago. Not enough time to pregame. Not enough time to prepare. Literally 10 years after, at least after she's played last um you know, one of the older people in the house, it's usually hard for older people to connect with, with the kids. It's a young guy, you know, young guys, the HOH that she didn't really, you know, didn't really campaign to kind of just didn't really campaign to the right people. You know, she was like trying to campaign through Janelle this week. Sorry, but Janelle's on the outs. Janelle's in a fucking alliance with Kaser. And it's like the two of them, right? Like she wasn't getting in with the major group and Kevin was. Kevin was appealing to Enzo and Cody, even though Cody didn't have a vote. Sowie. Super Fudge says, who were you excited to see play but has been a total flop? Is there anyone who is unexpectedly hot in the house? Ooh, that's a great question. Who's been a total flop? I mean, Kaser. I keep saying this. Kaser, I'm excited to see Kaser. He's iconic, but I think I'm just not high on him this year. Who has been unexpectedly hot in the house? This is a good question. I don't know. Everyone's hot. <laughs> Everyone's hot. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone's hot. <laughs> it's hard talking for like an hour straight. I'll tell you that. Thank you for listening to me here. John Howard 023 says, what's your best understanding of how endangered Janelle is given the current dynamics of the house under a Memphis HOH? Other than saving the post office, please call your reps from Trump before the election. Janelle's safety is all I care about. Thank you, woke John Howard. Call your representation. Save the USPS. Go to the store and buy a million stamps. Um, I don't know because here's the thing. <laughs> I think... It's hard to say because he's going to have it in one ear from the commish, the commission, whatever the hell they're called. He's going to have it in one ear that Janelle and Kaser are easy top targets this week. Perhaps if his, if, um, if Memphis's main targets are safe this week due to the safety competition, he might not have a choice of, you know, like if he's got, if he's in an alliance with Nicole, which he is, like Nicole fucking wants Janelle and Kaser out of the house. And like he might have to. So here's the thing though. Memphis actually does have this kind of like 
gentleman's dad's agreement with Kaser. Like they respect each other. They're not in any sort of outward alliance. Um, or, or they're not in really any agreed upon thing, but they do hear each other out. They do talk a lot. And I think they're looking out for each other, but Memphis might be in a, put in a position by his own teammates. Now that lines are being drawn in the sand, he might be put in a position by his own al alliance to target them. And if I, I think David is probably like the main target this week, seems like Nicole Anthony kind of up there too. Seems like Ian maybe as well. We know, we know some of those, some of the more popular people kind of a little wary of Ian. So, I mean, do I think Janelle will get voted out this week? No. Um, I put a less than 50% chance, but it's not without of the realm of possibility because there aren't that many options. And he might be put in that position by his own Alliance members. Final question. Koma Joan says, how do you feel that the only true all-star a big brother has made an appearance. I'm not talking about Dan or Derek or Dr. Will. I mean, of course, that guy who comes in every season to annoy the house guests as a wacky character. Chris the Joseph, my man. I guess I should have read ahead because I've discussed this question. All right. Well, yeah, we have an actual last question. Coma Joan, thank you for bringing up our guy, Chris <laughs> uh, the Joseph. We should, get, we should get Chris the Joseph on the pod. I'm going to work on that. Lacey J says... How do we feel about Julie's sign-off tonight? It seemed a little bit awkward. Let's sign off this podcast by discussing sign-offs. She's like, so Julie's like, remember the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What the hell is going on with our girl, our namesake? Hey, Julie. <sighs> I don't know, man. That's super weird. Is she like trying to like, gaslight um she's trying to gaslight mr moonvez is, is like what's going on like did they get into a fight about something is this like a a, a swipe at trump i kind of can't tell it's so toothless and vague that it, it really makes no sense at all <laughs> whatever dude who knows who Knows. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, Lacey J. I wish I had an answer for you. I wish I could read her mind and tell you all how Julie feels, but I don't know. I don't know these things. So on that note, I really enjoyed talking here with you guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it hasn't been too terrible for you. Uh, probably be back Monday evening with Danny. We'll be talking. We'll get back to the live streams. We'll get back to that lovely chemistry that you and I expect together. So uh, on that note, yeah, follow us on Twitter at HeyJulieBB. On YouTube and Twitch at HeyJulieBB. We might get some of these live streams going where it's just like one of us watching the live streams, answering questions, doing <laughs> a, long, a long form version of what I'm doing now. Just talking into the void. And nothing talking back. Uh, yeah, follow us all there on those things. Uh, subscribe to the pod, write a review, tell a friend. All those good things. We really appreciate, you know, how much this show has grown over the past few years. We really appreciate how much you chat with us on Twitter specifically. Um, 
it's it's a lot of fun and I appreciate you guys listening to um, a long-winded episode like this where it's just me kind of going from the dome. So uh, thank you all. I, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, stay safe. Every vague, every vague thing that Julie's going to say this season as a sign-off, I'm signing that off to you. Bye, Julie.